This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Ali Mwakaneno, and I'll be your host for the show. So with me, I have an interesting guest. You know, that's the norm here. Her name is Phyllis Wakiaga, who is the CEO of the Kenya Association of Manufacturers. And uh, Phyllis and I want to have a brief conversation on why it is important to recognize the achievements of women. Welcome to the show, Phyllis. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ali. So... Tell us about you. You are the CEO of one of the biggest associations in Kenya. How was your journey to rising to this position? Um, yes, I am the CEO of the Kenya Association of Manufacturers and I've been CEO here for the last six years. Um, my journey to rising to this position is I went to university. I, I studied law. I'm a lawyer by profession and um, worked at a law firm for my pupillage. Uh, but knew that at the end of the day I wanted to work in a corporate. So I got a job at Kenya Airways where I worked for about six years, rose to the position of manager for government and industry affairs by the time I was leaving the airline and I moved to the Kenya Association of Manufacturers at that time to head the policy research and advocacy unit under the leadership of the current minister of industry, Betty Minor. So I worked under her for two years as the head of policy research and advocacy. And then after that, uh, got promoted to the position of uh, CEO. So I've been doing this for the last six years. In addition to my work experience, I've uh, also done quite a bit of school. I studied law, did HR, um, did a master's in business, a master's in law. And I think all that put together, the work experience, the good mentorship from the leaders that I've worked under has been part of what has me to be the CEO for the last six years. Just to look deeper into your journey, yes. um, what are some of the challenges that of course you underwent before you rose to this position and what are some of the support systems that you think really contributed to your career? Um, some of the challenges, uh, I was quite, I was young uh, because I was CEO before I was 35 so I was, I, was, I, was, I was quite young and I had a young family, I have four children. So just that ability to balance, to make time for career development, going to school, bringing up children, that was quite an interesting and challenging time. Uh, but I had good support systems. Um, I had good leaders. Um, I've always had, whether it was my bosses, my managers, I've always had very good leaders who have mentored me in all the positions and jobs I've held. And that, I think, has led to a smoother ride. I've also had a very good social support system in my husband, who has been my cheerleader and a serious support system. My parents, uh, a lot of the time, my kids would spend quite a bit of time at their place because they lived near me for many years. So that sort of support system was very critical. And my house manager, who I've lived with for 13 years, and she manages my life and my kids. 13 (laughs) years is quite a long time. (laughs) So that has been... Part of my support system, yeah. As I told you earlier, I took some time to mm-hmm. stalk you on LinkedIn, if you will, and mm-hmm. I saw some of, you, of your achievements, including the 1444 Business Day in 2016, mm-hmm. and among its others. 
as a woman who already has a set of achievements herself, why do you think it's very important to highlight the achievements of women in various sectors? It's important to recognize the work that women do because uh, women have really been attributed to a lot of the advancement we see in society. However, the recognition of their work is something that we haven't seen happening as much because in a lot of cases, society seems to perceive women's participation and contribution in a very different way from the way they perceive the one of men. Uh, if you look at a lot of the sectors that women are active in, you'll see those sectors coined as informal sectors or the work and contribution of women not recognized, despite the fact that it's quite critical in growing any economy. Economies that have advanced have done so because they have ensured that women and men participate equally and contribute equally to society. So I think it's important to have platforms like this, uh, like the Angaza Awards will be having, where we recognize the achievements of women, because what it does is it demonstrates that there are role models in society. So it inspires more women to contribute. And it also really just gives the positivity around the role that women play in society and creates a platform for recognition of their achievements. Still in the achievement space and generally your workspace, yes. you are an individual who is studied in law matters yes. and you're a woman in an industry that is predominantly male. Yes. What do you have to say about that? Yes, it's true that the manufacturing sector is predominantly male and that's something we do recognize as the association. And one of the things we did with the first ever chair of the association, Flora Mutai, uh, in 2017, was we set up a women in manufacturing platform. And uh, what we wanted to do is to have women-owned enterprises and women in leadership supported to be able to see more women get involved in the sector, grow in the sector. So the women in manufacturing platform offers an opportunity for women businesses to get support on finance, market linkages, mentorship, and just an inspiration to the girls and women out there that they can get involved in the sector. We also do a lot in terms of Tibet and skills development. So yes, it's male dominated. We actually did a study last year and we have 14 sectors at the Association of Manufacturers and we found that only one of those sectors employs more than 50% of women. Oh, wow. All the others have less than 50% of women. So it's really trying to see what deliberate efforts we can make to get more women involved, first of all, in owning women-owned manufacturing enterprises, but also in the workspace to see more girls taking up STEM courses, rising in the workplace. And it's something that we are working on every day through the Women in Manufacturing program at CAM. You know, now that you've spoken on the Women in Manufacturing program, there's a report that you did in September 2020, and uh, one of the recommendations that you had was the introduction of an incubation hub for women in business. Yes. How does that work and um, what advantages do you think it would offer women, especially in the sectors where they're severely underrepresented? Um, the Incubation Hub really just provides a platform for women businesses to be able to participate and scale up their businesses. One of the things we noted is that a lot of women businesses remain as micros, right? uh, do not grow to become small, medium, large or multinational corporations. So they do need a lot of support to be incubated so that they can scale up their businesses. So the incubation support really enables them, first of all, to start their businesses right from a governance platform. So ensure that even at the beginning of the business, they have 
all the governance requirements starting to be embedded in the business. It also gives them an opportunity to be able to get market linkages because market linkage is one of the key ways to grow business, whether it's the domestic market or the export market. Right. It assists them to get access to finance and uh, through the Women program we have had a number of sessions with the banking industry and with different financiers who want to support and fund women-owned businesses. So the incubation support is really a holistic support to, to sort of give those linkages and give the platforms and opportunities to nurture women-owned businesses so that they can grow, so that they can scale up and uh, become international and export-oriented businesses. You know, just to, to get a picture of where we're going, it's important to yes. look at where we were and where we are. Which brings me to the question, what is the status of an inclusion of women, especially in the industry in the manufacturing sector? Um, as I mentioned, that's still an area where we see a challenge. And it's not just in Kenya, it's still globally. The manufacturing sector has lower participation of women. As I mentioned, when we carried out the study across our 14 sectors, except the chemical and allied sector, that accounts for 50%, all the other sectors have less than 50% representation of women within the sectors. And then in terms of the workforce, only three out of the 14 sectors have more than 40% women. All the other sectors have below 40%. And also, if you looked at the scale and the size of business, a lot of the female-owned manufacturing enterprises were small in nature. We don't have too many large manufacturing corporations that are owned by women. So that's the state of the sector and uh, something that we're trying to turn around by offering that support. I think through the incubation support and the different programs that we offer at the association, we want to see more women businesses supported to scale up and grow so that they are able to eventually become even multinational corporations exporting uh, globally. You know, Ali, you talked about the fact that many female businesses, especially in the manufacturing sectors, do not get the opportunity or rather do not grow to the multinationals of really large corporations. What do you think are some of the impediments to that? Um, some of the impediments that affect the growth of women businesses, the big one uh, a lot of the time is really access to finance market linkages mm -hmm. because the ability for women-owned businesses to access finance is significantly more difficult than male-owned businesses. A lot of the time when women-owned enterprises are starting their business, they'll either borrow from family, their own savings, and over time, because women don't have the collateral, uh, and say the main collateral like land or property is owned by men, it's harder for them to access finance. And finance is really the fuel that grows business. So that's one of the big challenges. The other one is the market linkages. Um, they are linkage to the larger corporations and to the market, and their ability to muscle the financial muscle to be able to export and, and expand their businesses. Then the other one is the regulatory environment and the cost of doing business. That affects um, everyone because it's a business environment. However, it affects women-owned enterprises more because, as I said, in many cases, they don't have the financial muscle as much as the other businesses. So that being the case, uh, we continue to then put in place programs to try and address those challenges. Uh, one of the comments was around uh, the importance of having women leaders. We found in the study that businesses that were led by women and more women on their boards seemed to have more women 
in employment. It's, it's some sort of a ripple effect. So it's a ripple effect. Right. So that's why it's important to see that more women get into leadership positions uh, so that they're able to influence, whether it's in board level, at board level, or at C-suite level, or at senior executive level, it makes a significant difference in the numbers of women within the organization. Okay. And then you talked about you know, the importance of having you know, gender diversity in leadership, having yes. women at C-suite levels, at managerial levels, especially in the manufacturing sector. But then I think me and you would agree that gender inclusivity in leadership is lacking in other sectors in the country. Yes. Just to sort of widen the scope, what are some of the benefits of promoting um, gender diversity in leadership, especially in the Kenyan and the African context? Um, the importance of promoting gender diversity is uh, something that we all recognize. Uh, the fact that if you have gender diversity in leadership, it then leads to more diversity across board. So if you have more leaders who are female, as I said, mm -hmm. we have seen that within the manufacturing sector, it leads to those organizations having more women employed. It leads to better workplace policies because the women are able to understand um, some of the needs that need to be addressed at a policy level, both at the organization and even within the national and government policies. So it's critical to have women in leadership for that reason. It also provides an inspiration to younger women to be able to see that it's possible. Um, if we see more women leading in manufacturing, in banking, the other girls are able to see role models and also get into those sectors. So it's critical to just ensure that we have that diversity because it does make a difference in the future generations who are able then to come in and take up those roles. Um, then in terms of skills development, it also pushes more women to acquire the skills required to get to those positions. So in our sector, for example, we then see more women taking up TVET, we see more women uh, getting involved in technical vocational training, in the science, technology, engineering, and math courses. So it basically leads to that skills development being directed towards the sectors where we have more women in leadership. Back to the Angaza Awards. I'm aware that you're one of the judges yes. in the upcoming Women in Banking Awards. Yes. Why is this important to you, you know, as Phyllis? And why did you choose to, you know, participate? Um, I'm a change agent. Um, I believe in trying to change society for the better. And um, that's why I've been doing a lot of initiatives around youth, around women empowerment, and even just trying to see how we promote SMEs and industry in Kenya. For me, what Angaza Awards represents is really seeing how women leadership roles within the banking sector can continue to support uh, inclusion of women in the banking sector. So as I said, uh, the work of women is not recognized as much as it needs to be. So I think Angaza Awards gives another platform for us to recognize the role that women are playing in the banking sector and the impact this has in terms of mentoring and inspiring other women to get involved in this sector. So that's the reason I got involved and uh, just seeing how we ensure that women are not bound by defined spaces, but are looking to make a difference, get into leadership positions, get into sectors that are heavily male-dominated. So Angaza Awards represents for me that recognition of women in a sector that is important, is critical for economic growth yes. and where we want to see more women participate at, uh, at leadership level. 
what are some of the things that you're looking for as a judge? Um, for this awards, I think the main thing is really to see the role each participant is playing mm -hmm. in terms of diversity in the workplace because they'll be leading organizations, how diverse are the workplaces where they're working, also the impact they have in society uh, from the different organizations or, or where they sit. So it will be interesting to see that. And I think um, their role in leadership within the banking sector uh, because this will be people who have worked in the banking sector, had an impact in the sector. So we'll be looking at also the impact they've had uh, in the different roles they have played within the sector. Lastly, as we approach the end of the episode, I look at you as a beacon of hope for women in Kenya who are aspiring to occupy managerial and CISO positions. As an individual, where would you like to see gender inclusivity in the manufacturing space in Kenya in the next say, five years? Um, I would like to see gender inclusivity in the manufacturing sector at a place where we have women playing equally within the sector. As I mentioned, we have 14 sectors and in all of them, maybe 40% and below of the workforce is women. So we want to see more women participating in the sector, working in the sector. We want to see more women in leadership positions uh, within the manufacturing sector. We also want to see more women-owned businesses and especially in sectors that are predominantly male. If you look at certain sectors like the metal and allied sector, it's predominantly male dominated. So we'd like to see women get into some of these sectors that are more male dominated. And through the Women in Manufacturing program, we are doing what we can deliberately. We have a Women in Manufacturing Gala Dinner every year, and we use that as a platform to recognize women within the manufacturing sector. We also bring in international speakers who have um, been doing quite well in manufacturing from the African continent. Mm -hmm. So we've had speakers from South Africa, someone who owns a steel plant in South Africa, a cable company in Ghana, a credit card manufacturing company in Nigeria. So those kind of stories that really showcase that it's possible to get these things done. And we'll also continue to work on market linkages, uh, mentorship of uh, the women within the Women in Manufacturing program, and provide the incubation support that they need to scale up. So CAM will be behind uh, this agenda just to ensure that as we move into the future, we have a society that's more balanced, that has equal opportunities for both men and women. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, any parting shot for listeners? <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much. Um, we look forward to the Angaza Awards and uh, the outcome. I think it will be quite inspirational for all of us. And we want to encourage women within the banking sector to participate in these awards and showcase the role they have been playing within the sector. Thank you so much for uh, joining me in this episode. To our listeners, that was Ms. Phyllis Wakiaga, the CEO of the Kenya Association of Manufacturers. You'll get to hear more of her since she's going to be one of our judges at the Angaza Awards. Stay tuned. Bye.